Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we discuss business, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tonya Keating, live from the Seattle area, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on July 24th. Uh, listeners, if you're up for some on-air participation, um, you can dial 646-378-0261. Again, that's 646-378-0261. Or you can send us your questions and comments on the chat feature. So um, this afternoon, Mike Strube is going to be our guest. He is president and CEO of Bremerton Chamber of Commerce. He's also the former Bremerton City Council candidate, and he's also a strong Bremerton advocate, and some might say a rare voice of reason. So let's bring him online to chat about all things Bremerton. Mike, are you out there? I'm here. Well, welcome aboard, and how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Good. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself just to get things started? Sure, sure. Well, I was born and raised in Bremerton. I attended the Bremerton School District, uh, graduated from Bremerton High in 1987, and attended OC for a few quarters, but I I really kind of jumped right into the full-time workforce and spent four years at the restaurant at the Silverdale Hotel, uh, 19 years at Costco and Silverdale, and mainly in the electronic sales department, and later in the marketing department. Um, I I like to joke around that I put at least a quarter of Kitsap County on the Internet in the 90s selling computers, but... Uh, yeah, I own a home in Manette, and I live there with my 16-year-old son, Nate, and our dog, Chewy. Sounds good. All right, well, as some of us already know, some of us that are listening in, there's quite a bit of fighting, and in some cases, infighting uh, in Bremerton on a host of issues. So, you know, some names regularly pop up, and they're advocates or they're advocates for the cause, but um, that list gets a little shorter when we start talking about leaders I mean, who graduate from complaining or looking for problems to solve into actually proactively building community and bridging interests. And so your name has frequently come up on the top of that list. Now, you're already committed at the chamber level, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But what made you decide to run for city council? or Was there a specific issue that compelled you to do so? Yeah, you know, part of my job with the chamber is to have a finger on the pulse of the business community and pay attention to the actions of the city council. Uh, And, you know, in that role, I felt that the prior councilman in my district was a little focused too much on only District 3 and not paying Mm -hmm. enough attention to the whole city's challenges. So, you know, after many conversations with neighbors and with the redistricting and the expanding of the district to the downtown and Evergreen Park area, I felt that people were ready for some new leadership, and uh, it turns out I was right, even though I wasn't the only I wasn't the one who was elected. It was definitely a learning experience, to be sure. Um, absolutely. Um, so you said that it was a learning experience. Tell some tell us some more about what that. What did you learn when you were doing your doorbelling and speaking with people? And well, I found you know there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions in 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 our district, and. Um, it was uh, it was really hard for me to you know working as much as I do and raising a son to get out there and doorbell as much as I as I needed to to actually win the race. And I tend to be a little long winded when I'm talking to people too, so yeah, I needed to move on a little quicker than I than I was doing when I was doorbelling. 
You know, that brings up an interesting point. Uh, there are some uh, elections that have taken place, and they've kind of jumped into the 21st century um, by using you know, email and social media and things like that and not going out there and shaking hands with the people or even fundraising through a, a very unusual uh, channels by not putting out mailers and so forth and trying to aggregate people from that, that perspective. Do you feel like there's something that's lost in translation when you're not out there in the neighborhoods, uh, or do you feel like there's another way to reach people especially millennials when you're talking about uh, campaigns. Sure. Well, you know, uh, I, I learned a valuable lesson. You know, the, the Manette area actually has uh, a lot of the, the people that live in Manette are retirees, and the average age, that voter age is actually around 68 years old in the Manette area. So uh, I, I really had a lot of support through my Facebook page, a lot of people in the city as a whole, actually in the county. I had a tremendous support. Uh, but what I found was in a, in a district race, it's really all about still knocking on doors. You know, you can you can use the social media, you can use the the internet, but when it comes down to district races, it's all about meeting your neighbors. Now, you clearly have some strong feelings about your community, and obviously the benefits of being a part of it. So, what are some things that you'd like to see happening in Bremerton? Sure. Well, you know, some of those things are already happening. Uh, the Planning Commission recommended rezoning the Wheaton-Rydell corridor and removed some very restrictive sub-area plans there. So that's a good, that's a great thing. Um, you know, I'd like to see some continued and increased volunteerism in our community. Uh, we've seen some amazing things happen around here when citizens get behind a project or an event. You know, a couple of recent examples are the work parties at Kiwanis Park, the uh, the volunteerism for the new accessible playground at Evergreen Park, the Rotary Park mm-hmm. there, the uh, Neighborhoods of Manette and Union Hill stepping up and taking pride in their communities, hosting block parties, organizing community watches. Uh, things like uh, the Edible Garden Tour are, are great. Um, and I, I'd also like to see some attention spent in other business districts besides downtown. You know, while I agree with the philosophy that a strong downtown core equals a strong city, Bremerton is quite unique in the fact that most of the business tax dollars are coming from the Kitsap Way and the Wheaton Way corridors. So we need to make sure that we don't abandon the businesses in those districts. I can't argue with that. I think it's one of the – I've seen a lot of uh, dialogue in different uh, forums or venues, whether it's the Kitsap Sun or whether it's on Facebook or wherever it is. And, you know, it's it's sort of gone full circle in that there was once a contingent that said, you know, we don't want to hear anything about uh, Bremerton from someone who doesn't live here. And the reality is that, you know, the, the revenue base comes from not only taxes but tourists. And people like me, who I may not live there anymore, but I'm invested in several businesses there. And, of course, I want to see those thrive. So – uh, there's a tendency by some to portray the public and private sector stakeholders in very myopic terms. I mean, they're either white hats and wearing red capes and there to save the day, or, you know, there's the big bad wolf or, you know, special interests that are taking over or similar characterizations that really, uh, you know, kind of miss the point about a more complex uh, structure and infrastructure. So what are some of your thoughts on the perception versus the reality and your experiences in dealing with, you know, not only people that are trying to get things done there, but the leaders that you have to work with? Right. You know, I think it's uh, we need to remember that everybody involved, whether it's a city employee, elected official, activist, uh, or investor, they're, they're all people. You know, the, the us versus them mentality just absolutely makes no sense to me. So I think it's really easy to sit back and point fingers and say, you don't do things right. But where the challenge lies is understanding all parties' points of view, stepping in, volunteering, and taking everyone's point of view in consideration when you're making decisions. You know, um, for example, I, you know, I'm in a Facebook group titled, If You Grew Up in Bremerton, Remember When? 
Uh, and <laughs> the issue of cruising downtown Bremerton was a recurring theme because the city shut it down in, in the 80s for various reasons. And, and efforts are being made to start it back up again. And there was a lot of comments in there stating, well, the city won't let us do that. And these, you know, these people won't let us and they won't let us. And, and my take on it, Will, was, have you asked? So I called the mayor's office and had them check and see if there was any ordinance restricting it. And there wasn't, so I contacted the organizers and, and gave them a th- thumbs up. So now they have a small but dedicated group of people bringing their classic cars back to downtown Bremerton on Saturday nights to cruise again. So I think that you know, there's, you know, if you if you understand that these are all just people, you know, we need to just communicate with each other and try and work with each other to solve our problems. It, it does bring up a point once again that it, it's not just about what you're trying to do; it's how you're trying to do it. And there's something to be said for, you know, of course you can be a battering ram and you can just keep going at them and you can keep finding all the things that they do wrong and the cracks in the sidewalk and you know this didn't happen and this didn't and, you know that didn't happen. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to be argued to the wall. No one wants to be assaulted. And so I think that you know that it's it's certainly a cliche, but you can get more done with honey than with vinegar. And I'm not saying that you have to bite your tongue or not be genuine or authentic, but there is a, there is a way and, and, and a disposition that benefits you when you go in there with the idea or at least some level of belief that they are still there trying to do the best that they can with the resources that they have and that in the end, if they can, they will try to help you. I think that when you're attacking them and always accusing them, it's just unnecessary strife. So that's sort of my, uh, my thought on, on dealing with that. Now, you said a couple of things here, and so I'm going to jump all around and just get some information from you. You talked about, you know, the process of going out there and seeing if something was feasible and then approaching it and then lobbying for it and then achieving that. Um, moving on to, like, say, for instance, the Bremerton Planning Commission and some of the recent issues and efforts with zoning changes, what would you like to offer in terms of commentary about that? Yeah, you know, we've all been we've all watched for for example the Wheaton Wright L corridor. We've all watched those businesses move out. You know, the old Eagle Hardware Lowe's building, Merritt Mart building. You know, um, sitting back, you know, I was invited by the mayor to be on the planning commission almost two years ago now, and and so there's a lot of reading involved in zoning. Is wow, it's it's pretty amazing stuff. <laughs> but I've learned a lot in the last couple <laughs> years. But what what we found was is you know. Uh, Almost 10 years ago, when they came out with the sub-area plan for that district, they 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 had a vision, and the vision was a noble vision to have more of a, a of a community feel to it, more of a walkable district, but to create uh, buffer roads, you know, in front of you know from off of the the highway there. But what it turned out was a major investment for frontage roads. Um, what it turned out was there was a major investment by anybody who was looking at a building in that district to to use those those buildings or the the lots that are there. So nobody's invested mm-hmm. in those properties in, in the entire time the sub area plan was there. So we looked at it pretty closely, talked to some of the building owners and some of the businesses in that district, and and we tossed out the zoning and the sub area plan from from that you know and and rezoned it to be more business friendly. Hmm. So it's, it's, it was uh, quite a, quite the process, actually. You know, and, and there's something that's going on right now, and maybe you can give us a little bit of background on that and bring us forward, but there was a decision recently in the uh, city council regarding Washington Avenue and, you know, decision one, decision two, let's go back, let's do that. I mean, give us sure. some background on what's happened with that. Well, that was an issue that actually came up during our campaign. So, you know, my way of dealing things is just to go right down there and look at it. 
you know. Um, and it was actually, I, you know, my my first reaction as a citizen, as a downtown uh, downtown employee, somebody who drives that road. I drive that road two, three times a day on my way back and forth to work. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of the road diets. I, you know, I think that we've re- we've constricted the the uh, you know the the access to getting in and out of downtown Bremerton. And I think that we need to be really careful to make sure we can get trucks in and out. Um, but I stood on the corner of Sixth and and Washington one day, and a gentleman came by who I knew from the Admiral Theater, Mr. Anderson, uh, who was in a wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair, and his dog. And you know, he was he he lived in the condos, and he wanted to talk to me about about that particular stretch of road. And we talked for about ten or fifteen minutes, and I listened to his point of view on it. And I, I re- you know, a light kind of came on in my head as I watched him navigate between Sixth and the bridge. It was not a safe area for him to navigate in his wheelchair. It took him almost fifteen minutes to get through that section, and I, mm. I, it, it really kind of changed my tune on it. You know, it's not we. You know, we spent all this time making downtown walking friendly. We put this beautiful bridge up with a nice wide sidewalk. We're working on a walkable trail, you know, on the on the Wheaton Way corridor. Yet somebody in a wheelchair can't safely get between Sixth and the bridge. So, you know, I, I think that we have to be careful not to to put too many road diets in there. But I think that having that that sidewalk fix is really kind of necessary. The other th- the other aspect of that, you know, a few years back, all the talk about the boardwalk coming up, you know, being from between downtown and, and Evergreen Park was was out there. And one of the reasons why they were able to get funding for that, even though it didn't happen. Was there is a, you know, there's a sewer system that's running down along the beach that's almost full and, and failing, and something needs right. to be done about that. They're actually part of this project is to actually bring a sewer up with pumps and grinders up underneath that sidewalk and fix that problem. And that, I don't know why that's not being talked about more, but that is a, an aspect of that project too. It's probably not uh, being discussed as much as because it's not as sexy of an issue. I mean, there. Well, yeah, no, we really like to talk about sewage. I don't think, (laughs) but it is it is part of that project, and it is one thing they're going to be fixing in that. Well, you actually uh, mentioned the Admiral Theater, and so I wanted to go into. You moonlighted there, didn't you? Yeah, I still do actually. about okay. Three, what you know, are you doing for there? A, a few years, I've 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 worked off and on in the service industry, bartending or waiting tables, just for a little extra cash here and there. And and about three years ago, uh, Brian Johnson and I have known each other for years. We went to junior high school together, and he uh, he had the need for a bartender. And so I've actually have been bartending part time at the Admiral for the last three seasons, and it's it is an absolutely amazing place. Uh, it really opened my eyes as to what they do down there, and I have the. I'm fortunate that I get to see every show for free. Uh, I work in the downstairs oh, wow. bar, so I see every act. And I've actually been able to spend some time with some of the acts after the shows, too. Had was had some dinner with Wilson Phillips down at the Bar and Grill after their show a couple seasons ago. That was kind of fun. Well, that doesn't hurt, yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed, yeah. I've looked at, uh, over the years, I've looked at the calendar, and, you know, obviously they've had some really great acts coming in there. And recently, you know, in the last few years, I've been paying even closer attention because, they're really getting some some really really class acts in there. I mean, they had the Manhattan Transfer in there last year, one of my favorite groups, and it was a very uh, challenging thing for me because I had already had tickets to go over to Seattle to see it, and I really wanted to go and, and do it here because it was a lot closer. But you know, I really have enjoyed seeing the the calendar.
calendar come together there with um, the Admiral Theater. So that's pretty cool. Um, going back to your chamber thing, I mean, what made you decide to, I mean, you were doing some other things at the time, but what made you decide, hey, I, I, I want to go in there and apply for this president and CEO position and I want to be, you know, with the chamber? Well, you know, it was, it was kind of a funny situation. I, I was, uh, you know, I kind of felt like I was spinning my wheels when I was working at Costco. It's a great corporation, but it's it's one of those places where if you if you're not going to move away, you're not going to move up very far. So it it uh, you know it was everybody told me I was crazy, but I was actually considering maybe buying into one of the local bars in the community, and and I, I managed the the place for a, a few months, well, a few weeks, and. And I just I, I decided that it, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, um, so I was I, I was kind of at a crossroads, and it just happened that the chamber director had stepped down the same day that I had had put in my resignation at Costco. So I went to the West Sound Business Expo and actually found three jobs while I was there. But but one of them was uh, I went and approached the. Uh, the in- incoming president and the current president of the uh, of the chamber, who I, I knew from working with them, and and uh, set up an interview, and they hired me a couple of weeks later. So it, it just kind of fell into it. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, I mean, people say you have shoes to fill, but I think you know, I. I believe that sometimes you're not filling someone else's shoes. You're really coming in and, and blazing your own trail. But, you know, that being said, I mean, Sylvia was just, and, and still is, just a fantastic person. Um, the Chamber has a YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you guys also host Eggs and Issues, which are the forums with the candidates, and it's usually during the election cycle. And you also record them so voters right. can stay abreast of the issues and inform themselves. So, I mean, that, I think that's definitely a, an important service to the community so that people can take the time to understand who they're voting for and why. But you said when we had a conversation in preparing for the show that you had a viral video. So w- tell us about what that was. Yeah, uh, you know, and those are all things that I've implemented since I've been here. The the YouTube channel, the uh, expanding the Facebook page, redesigning the website, and and uh, all the all those things were all things that I that I took on when I got here. Kind of gave them my own flavor. Um, the 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 YouTube video that went viral was I, I recorded the street naming ceremony for Nathan Adrian um, when, after he won the gold medal and. And oh, yeah. I, it, it was up to about 3,000 views within two days, which was pretty amazing. Um, it's actually gotten up to about 5,000 views now with about 50 likes, and uh, which I thought was pretty neat to have a semi-viral video go out there. Um, we've also had – there's a few other ones that have done pretty well. I've got I, – I, recorded the middle school performance of Aladdin Jr. that my son was in and accidentally posted it to the chamber page instead of my own. But that's, <laughs> that's had about 1,600 views. And, and uh, my son was the sultan in that, so that was kind of fun. Um, third, uh, I've also, uh, I, had a, I do some spotlight on a member videos. The Puppet Museum one has done pretty well because they've really distributed it a lot. And, and last year's Mayor's Race Eggs and Issues Forum has actually had quite a bit of action, too, because that was a pretty interesting one to watch. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the the eggs and issues. Uh, you're right. I, I believe that's a fantastic service that we're providing to the community. I've been recording them for, I believe, about three or four years now, and I've mm-hmm. gotten a little bit more creative with them as of late, learning how to use Windows Movie Maker and adding a little music to the beginning and the end, a little flair to them. But I'm real careful not to edit content. I, we just, I, you know, beginning to end, I record the whole thing and, and put it in there with some music at the beginning and the end. That's not bad. Yeah, you know, just make sure it's a little bit appealing, but you're not. You're obviously not trying to cut out anyone's words or being accused of anything like that. Right. And you you also talked about um, 
you know, some, some cleanup efforts that take place and volunteer efforts in Bremerton. And actually, I mean, that's something that I really, really like about Bremerton. There are some people that, you know, are very selfless and they're very uh, dedicated in going out there and making sure that things are being done um, by the community on behalf of the community. And I can't commend that enough. I think that's a really great aspect of, of some of the people that I've encountered in Bremerton. Are there other healthy and productive groups or forums for those who want to step up and help that you are aware of? Yeah, you know, I really believe in the power of the service organizations. Um, I'm personally a Rotarian. Uh, the, the Kiwanis Club does amazing things in our community. The Lions Club, you know, wh- whatever one fits anybody's style. These groups have been the backbone of community capital campaigns for years around here. I mean, there's a reason why the parks are called Kiwanis Park and Evergreen Rotary Park and Lions Field, you know. These, mm-hmm. these people have stepped up, raised money, volunteered to keep these parks clean, and and I, so I think I, I encourage people of, of my generation and younger to join these service organizations and, and, and get involved with their community. Uh, you know, the forums, they're, they're great for discussion. They're great for talking about things. But I, I believe the action is really happening with the service organizations. And I, Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, there are all sorts of people that are stepping up to make a better world, quote-unquote. But I also think that... Um, you know, there's some value in getting the word out and, and trying to uh, mobilize people and getting them engaged and making sure that they're informed so that you're not, you know, one or two people sitting in a room trying to make a decision. Now, granted, there's a lot more that goes on in terms of reaching out and advocacy and, and talking to your leaders. You don't have to be in that meeting to get things done. And I think it's important to um, be reminded of that also. And then, of course, there are risks in, in reaching out and, and putting yourself out there to try to get things done. So, you know, with you, there's word on the street that you've been accused of sock puppetry. So is that, that's kind of a side effect of, of getting out there and you yeah. start to get, you know, mud thrown on you. What, what is that about? Yeah, well, you know, at first I was really offended by this, you know, but, but I got over it pretty quickly. A few months back, an anonymous blogger from the Bremerton area uh, made the assumption that I was three or four different names from the Kitsap Sun comments, mainly because mm-hmm. a comment that I made on a Facebook post about naming my son after a comic book character, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. Um, and that name mm-hmm. of the characters happened to be similar to one of the names of the bloggers, um, one of the Kitsap Sun bloggers. So they put two and two together and thought that they had had this epiphany that I was th- these three or four different bloggers and these people just have to people be people who are positive about the community like i try to be so i battled it for a few days went back and forth with them because i take a lot of pride in using my real name to back up my opinions i mean my opinion is mine i'll own it if i'm wrong i'll admit, I'll admit that i'm wrong um but i believe that you know being positive is 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 definitely a better approach than being negative you know, and I, but I realized that after a little while that I was just fueling their fire, poking back at them, and just decided to ignore it. Um, you know, when you know the truth, false rumors really have no effect on you unless you let them affect you. And, but I did find it kind of amusing that someone using a pseudonym was accusing me of using pseudonyms. So that's <laughs> a little ultimate hypocrisy yeah. in my mind. But that is ironic, and I mean, I think it's one of those things where we've had some shows and blogs and comments back and forth about the whole anonymous versus using your real name thing, and I I will continue to be of two minds about that. I mean, obviously, if you are participating in your civil, I don't really care what name you use, and I think it, there's a way to own right. that and have a name that is consistently used where you are you know, participating without trying to throw mud on people, and I think that's more important than trying to out people and saying that everyone should be 
you know, using their real name in order to participate because there are obvious reasons for not be, you know, being able to do that. So, um, but with what happened to you, I mean, I think eventually you have to consider the source. I mean, I, I like I said, in like you said, I mean, it's ironic that you know anonymous commenters or, or sock puppets are being you know accused of killing dialogue or whatever when there are so many right. real users who give themselves permission to behave badly because they're using their names. And so right. it's not unusual for some people to you know, want a free platform. They can go wherever they want to say whatever they want to whomever they want. And yet you know, they balk when others do the same, and especially if the tables are turned and they become the, the target after going after everyone else. But, you know, the point is we could all stand to be a bit more thoughtful and civil in our interactions, and that's the point, you know, instead of trying to manipulate situations or paint them as sinister or try to silence people. And being careless and slander or libelous comments, I mean, it it really dumbs down the conversation. Uh, And and, and frankly, in terms of uh, public office, uh, it, it discourages people from wanting to run because, you know, you can be public fodder. Right. Do you plan to run for office again? You know, I might. Um, I, I, I'm, I've been tossing it around a little. I, I've wanted to be in public service for a while. I mean, I care about my community, and I think that that's the only way really to get things done. You know, one of the things that I liked about the city council positions is that they're nonpartisan. And, you know, although I have my own core beliefs, and we all have one one way that we tend to lean toward, towards, I kind of have a hard time identifying with one party or the other. Um, I, I think a lot of people are that way. So I'm going to have to mm-hmm. do some soul searching if I run for a partisan position because you know you're not going to do it without support from one party or the other and 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 that's that's really a tough thing to to do because I you know there's things that I that I believe in from both parties so um, that, that's that's really going to be a challenge for me and that's really why I like the council position but you know in campaigning like I said before it's a challenge you know I work two jobs I, I raise a son I, you know I try and have a life and. And doorbelling in 90-degree weather is pretty brutal stuff. So, um, you know, I, and like I said before, I tend to get in long conversations with people, so getting to the door, all the doors in my district was a little tough. Um, you, know, and I, you know, and I like people in general. You have to have a really thick skin when you're a candidate or a public servant. You know, it's, it's, uh, people like to take swings at you, and you can't let it bother you. You have to just, you know, like I said before, wrap yourself in the truth and, and do the right thing. Um, so right now I'm just kind of sitting back and see what I can do with the volunteers, volunteerism that I'm currently involved in. And being on the plan, planning commission has been a lot of fun. And, and I, you know, I can affect change with the chamber and with our members. You know, um, I just have to be make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Well, that's all we can ask for, for any, from anyone. I mean, I think the thing is that um, you, you raised some valid points about the fact that, I mean, with, with the exception of extremists, most people find themselves somewhere in the center on a position or at least and the, they put themselves in a position to be able to at least hear or understand the other side, even if you don't necessarily agree. And, and if you're really going to affect change, you have to do that. I mean, you have to understand where people are coming from and try to find that bridge. Otherwise, you're just in the middle of a slinging match, and it doesn't you don't get anywhere. Uh, what was this? I was going to ask you. Do you want to start, before we wrap up, tell us some of the URLs we should go to? I know you had an app there for a while with the um, chamber. Yeah, you know, we actually... Uh BermanshenChamber.org is is the the website for um, our uh, for the chamber. I also my I turned my campaign page into a blog, uh, mainly focusing on some of the shows that I've watched at the theaters. So so uh, Stroobforbermanson.com is the name of my blog, which uh, I encourage people to take a look at some of my reviews of the shows that I've done on there. Um, 
Mm-hmm. That's, that's been a lot of fun. Um, the YouTube channel is just under Bremerton Chamber of Commerce. You can search on Bremerton Chamber and find the YouTube channel fairly easily. As far as the app goes, what, what we found was a few years back we invested in an app, and we called it Bremerton. And it was a very well-done product, it, visually pleasing, had a lot of information, but it was a totally separate database than what I was using for the Chamber. Um, we actually have changed to use a new one called My Chamber app, and that one actually partners with Chambermaster, who is the database that runs my website. Right. Uh, so right. It, it actually populates events automatically. Anybody who submits an event to my calendar goes on there. Uh, all the da- uh, my database is linked with my Chamber database, so there's less effort to put into it. The, the other big benefit of it too is it's a nationwide app. Uh, people over a thousand chambers of commerce use it. So use the GPS on your phone to find the local chamber of commerce and populate it with the businesses and the events in the area. So I believe that's a better tourism piece than the Bremerton app was, because if, mm-hmm. if people have already got it to find their local chamber of commerce and using it, they can find the the our chamber when they're visiting the area. So it's my chamber app. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, we're wrapping up here. I always get that cue that's like, shut up, everyone. (laughs) Well, thanks to Mike and all of you for tuning in today. And you can find this broadcast on our Street Talk Radio site at B-I-T-L-Y backslash Street Talk Radio. Or check us out on Facebook. We're at Street Talk Radio, and straight is spelled S-T-R-8. I'm your host, Donya Keating, signing off at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, July 24th. So we'll see you all next time. Thank you.